Welcome to Manager Tools. Well, if you're a Career Tools listener, you'll know that we recently covered confidentiality and bosses. But what if you're a manager? What does confidentiality mean to you? Well, today that's what we're going to cover. Managers and confidentiality. Here we go. Okay, so we covered this with our career tools folks, this this being confidentiality with bosses or directs in this case. So we've got to talk about it from the perspective of the manager because right. it's different. And, we got, and, we, and managers need to know how they're going to respond to these questions because they're going to get asked, right? So what do we do when one of our directs comes up, wants to share something with us, but asks for confidentiality first? Right. And so, you know, can we offer it? Whatever could they be wanting to talk about that requires it? Yeah, we're, I mean, that's what I think. Is, well, yeah. This should be interesting. Yeah, maybe we're being right? set up, right? <laughs> right. I mean, I, I just, when people ask that, and I have a pretty standard policy, I, I don't go off the record. And it's just, it's it's consulting state of mind, which is somebody who wants to go off the record then tells you they're, they're hiding funds or something. You know, there's consultants, we're employed by the firm. We have an obligation. Some people might argue that differently, but, but uh, so when people say confident, you know, off the record, I say, no, I'm sorry, I don't do that. But at the same time, I go, well, this ought to be interesting. I wonder what, <laughs> what is this person thinking about? Yeah. You almost want to offer it so they'll share it with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of course, which is, right? which is just this most, yeah, that's suborning some sort of weirdness. We don't, yeah. Um, and really, in my experience, managers fall into two different categories in terms of their own personal take on, on this subject. On uh, one group feels somewhat similar to us that it's not a good idea. To, to offer confidentiality, and the other one feels it's fine and it's part of normal relationship building. That that was insightful. I'm, I'm glad you shared that you, you had narrowed it down to two different categories. One thinks it's okay, one and good. one doesn't. Hey, good. Very insightful. Yeah. I'm sure people. I got to talk, I gotta talk to the I got to talk to the writer of these shows. Um, <laughs> but the second group says, I, you know, that's <laughs> good. The second group basically says, "Hey, look, the better relationship I have with others, my directs, and so on, the more trusting we are, the more open we are. Why wouldn't I offer privacy to my directs? Because I do that in other." close trusting relationships that I have. Why wouldn't I provide offer privacy to my directs to encourage that openness? And you know, and then they would say to me, ah, so they would say something along the lines of, well, and isn't that one on ones are about? So aren't I essentially trying to get to the goal of one on ones just in a little bit different way? So Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but hopefully those folks are going to look at it a little bit differently after we're done with this cast today. So yes. so what are we going to talk about? What's what's our recommendations today around confidentiality? Really pretty simple. We've got, we've got three bullets, three comments. The first one is managers can never offer confidentiality to a direct. And by the way, we're going to add something to that, which is that no confidentiality you've ever previously offered anyone, if you've been a manager, has ever been valid. Number two, we're going to recommend you respond by declining, um, providing your rationale, and then give a brief, clear example to reinforce the rationale. And we'll give a couple of examples of how you can uh, uh, answer it directly. We'll give you verbiage because um, this is manager tools after all. And then the third point is we still want to encourage candor nonetheless. And believe it or not, after you've told people, no, I'm sorry, I can't go off the record, you can encourage them to be candid. And quite frequently, they'll share with you the point anyway. Exactly. Okay. So let's talk about why managers can never, and if you listen to the Career Tools cast, never, ever, never, never, ever, never, ever, Right. Offer confidentiality to direct. 
Why is yeah. it? There's some, there's some professional underpinnings to why we say this, and folks need to understand that. Yeah, I think when people when people choose to say, "Hey, I, I think you know, confidentiality is okay," I think they're just coming at it from a different perspective. They have a good idea, they extrapolate that idea, apply it to the boss subordinate relationship, and say, "Therefore, that means I should offer confidentiality." In fact, we disagree. The professional underpinnings of this cast are really, really simple, clear and simple. We can never ethically offer any guarantee of confidentiality to any of our directs. Doing so would encourage a direct to share something that they believe they'll, that will never be shared, right? That we'll never share. When in fact, it's possible that we will be obligated to share it because of our responsibility as a manager. Aren't we servants here? And we, we talk a lot about, we, we feel ourselves as servants. Right. Um, and I'm sure a lot of our managers feel as their servants to their directs and to others. Um, so why is it true then that we might be obligated to share something that we, for which we've promised confidentiality? Yeah. Why that, that's it? a good, that's a good example. I hadn't even thought about that one, but you're right. The, the servant leader, the servant manager mentality would suggest, well, then, you know, we would want to serve. We want to provide confidentiality. That would be something that a servant would do. Uh, and the answer is, really, we're talking about two different things. Servant leadership and management is a mental approach, an emotional state of being that says, my role power is not as important as my providing the tools and services and environment to let my directs be their very best. Rather than being a how person, this is how I want you to do it. You become more of a why person, which is, you know, this is why I want you to do it. And you figure it out and I'll give you the tools to do it. In the same way that when you're in an office, you assume a desk and a computer and pens and pencils to be provided for you. The servant manager, the servant leader says, I'm going to make it easy for you to do your job. I'm going to serve you and then you'll be effective. And if everybody does that at every level, then really everybody can be very, very effective. Uh, it's a state of mind. It's not an obligation. It is not a set of rules. But on the other hand, when you're a manager, um, there are rules. Uh, it's not. This is not just a state of mind. It is, hopefully, effective management, we believe, can be a state of mind and also, of course, a set of behaviors. But look, it's really simple. When you're a manager, folks, your first responsibility, the one that is inviolate all the time, is to your organization. You know, I didn't say this in the Crucials cast, Mike, but it occurs to me, we ought to make clear. Of course, you could offer confidentiality to someone, and now Mike's going, oh, my God, I thought we just said never, 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 never. never. <laughs> Look, if you want to offer confidentiality, just quit before you do it. Okay. Right? Let's be clear. Our recommendations about what you can and what we, what, what we recommend you should and should not do or how we recommend you behave are based on your role as a manager in this situation, right? When you're a manager, your first obligation is to the company. You work for the organization. And your role gives you professional role power relative to your directs. That's not a trivial thing. You know, not to put too fine a point on it, you know, we, we can fire them. We can lay them off. When we terminate a direct's employment, the company is saying, the company is saying, right, you can't work here anymore. When we fire someone, we're the ones delivering the message. We speak for the company. When the company announces a new product or service or process or change, we're often the ones doing so for the company to our directs, right? Again, we're speaking for the company. This is a little light on the fact. It reveals a truth that no manager can ever escape to our directs. Really, folks, we are the company. 
So our primary responsibility is to the company. If someone else asks for confidentiality, they're asking us to obligate ourselves to them to keep their confidence no matter what. Because we don't know what it is, we can't offer that confidentiality because it may come in conflict and probably will, frankly, come in contact, come in conflict with our primary obligation to the company. And look, we're, we're not saying that you get a memo each week that says, remember, you work for us. Everybody knows the manager works for the company. But but unfortunately, management is such a, a wilderness. It's not clear. It's not like geometry. It's not like algebra. There are rules and you, you apply them and everybody knows them and understands them. And this is how it works, uh, other than meetings start late, which appears to be a, a management standard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but don't we get with our directs or don't our directs get with us some kind of lawyer client privilege like thing? Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and we charge extra for that. <laughs> no, look, you know, that's, we get questions about that, right? Well, what about doctors? What about lawyers? What about priests, right? These are other common comparisons for professional confidentiality. They're usually hyped up in TV or in drama and books and so on. Doctor, patient, priest, penitent, lawyer, client privileges. The comparison of those three as an, as an example of probably many others exist out there, but those are the ones we came up with fairly quickly. The comparisons of those three are inherently flawed to the principle of confidentiality as it relates to a manager. Okay. Yeah, sure. You're right. If you're thinking, you know, that, that type of confidentiality would increase communication. You're absolutely right between a doctor and a patient or a lawyer client, for instance. In those situations, those relationships, that confidentiality increases the effectiveness of the interaction. But you can't make that comparison. You can't then translate their professionals. So therefore, this applies to managers. In, in all of the cases mentioned, the confidentiality is built around the patient or the penitent or the client. The oath of the professional, the doctor or the priest, or the lawyer, is designed around that individual they're serving, okay? But look, managers and directs can have no illusions about whom the manager is serving, right? We as managers do not ever serve our directs, even though we might think of ourselves as a servant manager or servant leader. We always first have an obligation to serve the organization. Yeah, I think the actual, the, the priest-penitent analogy works pretty well because you can't go to the confessional and confess your sins to the priest and say, oh, but but could you not share this with God? That, that, I'd ah. be very cute between ah. us. <laughs> I didn't think of it that way, right? Um, but look, look it, what it means, when we say we always serve organization, what it means becomes fairly obvious, right? If we are the company to our directs, then when they tell us something, they're telling it to a representative of the company, which is to say the company itself. The company already knows, Right, we probably don't need to carry the concept further, but but look, just in case if you if, if I'm not I'm not being clear, and sometimes I'm not, right? If the company knows something that it should reasonably act upon, and we as as the knowing party of the company don't tell the people who would need to act, we're essentially impeding the work of the company by keeping quiet, and that's unprofessional. And it all started because of our granted confidentiality to a request from a direct which was inherently flawed because, again, we, we created two obligations that could and likely would be in conflict with one another, um, which we're not professionally authorized to do. Oh, certainly you can do it. It's just unethical as heck, right? So when our directs share something with us that we have a reasonable professional belief that we're obligated to report upon or act upon or communicate to someone else, we can no longer maintain any confidentiality 
we ever promised if we did, or if it was thought that we did. Meaning, if we can't ever keep that promise, and we don't know what's what we're being told in advance, then we can't ever offer confidentiality and good conscience. Because again, that conflict with our primary obligation. Right. So if we, if we in fact did offer confidentiality, we run the risk of learning something that we're obligated to act upon, which then would require us to share the knowledge with HR or boss or others, and exactly. therefore violate the confidentiality we promised. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's pretty clear. What about limited confidentiality? What if someone asked for a private communication with you? And then we said, well, I'll keep it quiet if I can. Right? I mean, yeah. what's wrong with that? Yeah, I think when you think about that for even a second, we know it's highly unlikely to be accepted, right? I mean, the direct runs the risk that what they do share is going to be compromised. Look, per- perhaps it's a bit awkward when they decline our limited response, right? We say, well, you know, perhaps I could. Tell me what it is, and then I'll let you know, right? And so they say, well, no, I'd rather not share, because they were asking for blanket immunity, if you will. Right, that's what they really want. Yeah. Right, so it's a little bit awkward if they'd say no. But look, it's even worse. We we don't want to offer the limited one, maybe, and so we just give them blanket. We don't offer the limited one because we're afraid they'll say no, and then we think, wow, this must be really big, and I really should know it, I guess. And... um there's something worse. And what's worse is they go ahead and do share thinking there's not going to be a conflict only to have us say, well, I'm sorry, but that is something I'm going to have to act upon. Oh yeah. Now, now the direct feels really good about it, right? They feel like they've yeah. been misled, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. They wouldn't have shared had they thought it was a questionable situation. So clearly they disagree with our need to violate their privacy. And that's what they think is happening. The majority we'd say decide that we said what we needed to, to get them to talk, knowing we would likely not keep our promise. There are people who would say, well, I think the decline of any kind of confidentiality breaks down trust. I would say, when we have seen this done over and over and over again, we've seen no evidence of breaking down a trust. And yet what we've seen is when managers do offer it or offer something gray and then have to break it, that breaks trust far greater, far worse, far longer, far more damaging than any um, blanket decline. Absolutely. You can't violate trust uh, breaking a commitment that you never made. Right, but, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, look, we don't want to. We don't want to miss the importance of this, right? It doesn't matter the situation or the way we're asked, or even the personal nature of something that's shared. We can't offer blanket secrecy, and we can't keep a secret or remain remain quiet if sharing violates our professional obligation to the company as a manager, which pre predated the relationship with any particular direct. Okay, but think about it this way: What about a direct who assumes he or she has confidentiality? based on the topic or on what they say, right? Right. We're doing one-on-ones to improve communications, to build trust. And so the direct kind of all of a sudden shares something and then says after the fact, well, you know, I know you'll keep that confidential or that was off the record or, hey, hope you can keep that between us kind of thing, right? And the answer is really easy. It's same, same as, you know, it goes back to the blanket uh, declination, right? Someone else cannot invoke confidentiality cleverly or surreptitiously or in an offhand way. If a direct says this is off the record and then share something, that something, whatever it is, is not off the record. If they say, I'd like to keep this private and then share something that they want to keep private, same result. That thing that they want to keep private is not private simply because they suggested it it was that they essentially invoked it unilaterally. If they say, I know you'll keep it just between us, 
Same scenario. No privacy was offered, and so none can be assumed. Oh, oh, some was assumed, but none was offered. And that's because, going back to just fundamental underlying principles here, someone else's utterance cannot obligate us without our consent. Right. And you'd agree with me, though, in terms of if somebody starts to say that, they say, hey, I want to share something with you off the record, it would particularly after having listened to this cast, it wouldn't be appropriate or professional for a manager just to simply remain stoic and let the person go and hang themselves. The professional manager has an obligation, if they can, to say, John, stop right there. Nothing you tell me is off the record. Right. And it's it's not personal, John. I say this to all of my directs. I don't go off the record. There's no confidentiality. My primary responsibility is the company. We have a great relationship. I don't want you to think something's private between you and me. And then have me feel that I'm obligated to share it. And look, this is not new, right? This is, we're not, the whole idea of invoking it or suggesting something be off the record and then just blabbing. Directs probably do this because they have a mistaken understanding of how confidentiality works. And there are people on TV and newspapers and books that say, no, let's go off the record. Um, But that's not how sources and reporters achieve what is called source confidentiality. In order for it to occur, it's not enough for the source to invoke it. In fact, a source can't invoke it. It simply doesn't happen that way, right? What happens is a source asks for it, and then the reporter grants it. And believe me, folks, when a source asks to go off the record or is on background or wants to be confidential, the reporter then doesn't just say yes or no. They probably scope it down and understand exactly what the ramifications are of what they're offering before they do it because they don't want to find out something that their reporter's obligation requires them to share or report on when, in fact, they've provided confidentiality to somebody and they learn it. The reporter... And and look, in in this situation, the reporter's role is similar to the manager's role. The reporter grants the confidentiality rather than the source, or in this case, the direct, invoking it. Right. And and just to be clear, if the source, i.e. your direct, asks for confidentiality, you, the reporter, say no. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You you don't negotiate, right? Right. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's where the relationship, that's where the the, uh, example of the analogy breaks down. Exactly right. Okay. So this is one of those topics I mentioned on the Career Tools cast that this is something we all know as former executives, right? That this is this to be true. Although, as I shared earlier, I've never had an open, direct conversation with folks about this. It just I just never thought about it, to be frank with you. So what if we've made a mistake and in the past we've offered confidentiality to our folks? What then? Yeah. If you offered it in the past, your offer was professionally invalid. It's never been valid. Okay. You're not bound by it anymore now than a prisoner of war is bound by statements against his country while he's being tortured or while she's being tortured. Uh, Yeah. Okay. That was a little extreme. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sorry. That's an overkill example. I apologize for that. It's the one that came easily to mind, but um, yeah. So if you've kept a secret of somebody for two years and perhaps put yourself in, in, in harm's way because of it, professionally speaking, you're not obligated to keep that secret. Now we're not going to be, the priests here and say, here's what you should do with each given situation. And, you know, the, the way the world works nowadays, m- most of those situations are OBE, overcome by events. So we're not suggesting you go back and try to clean up every mistaken offer of confidentiality you ever uh, were a part, party to. But, um, but nonetheless, 
anytime you've ever offered confidentiality, your offer was inherently flawed. You are not required to be held to it. And if you don't hold to it at some point in the future, you are not breaking your word. You may be uh, um, stupid. You may hurt people. It may be embarrassing. It may be professionally not uh, uh, well-regarded but you're not going to be held. The question is, should you, uh, should you keep the, the confidentiality when in fact you have an obligation to, to report on it? Two years of keeping a confidentiality doesn't make it more inviolate. If it was wrong to begin with, and it is for all managers, then it's wrong to keep it now if in fact there's a situation that occurs that requires it to be, um, to be shared. Yeah, and you gotta be prepared. Next time somebody asks you for that confidentiality, you have to be prepared to explain, to say no, and explain the rationale because they may be a little bit surprised. So you better be ready with an explanation of why now you're not going to allow confidentiality in the conversation. And so, so let's talk about that. Right. What do I do? How, how do I explain this to my directs when they ask for confidentiality in a given matter? Yeah. Again, we respond by saying no. We provide our rationales or so the person knows it and, and we give a brief, clear example. Now, look, you can just decline. Okay. And, and there are people who want our cast to be shorter and I respect it. And, and sometimes there's a nub of what we say that could be shared in 10 minutes or whatever. But there are two reasons why we're, we're long on things like this. One, we want people to understand the rationale so that if they come up with a, a gray area, they'll be able to go back to the rationale and figure out for themselves what the situation is. It's a more robust way of learning to understand the what, the why, and the how um, rather than just the how. But in addition, uh, we know that managers are going to have to teach this stuff. So we want to teach so that other people are not just doing what someone recommends, but rather doing it and understand the rationale for it. So we say no, we provide the rationale, we give a brief, clear example. And it's pretty simple. I've got two examples here I'll share with folks. And then we've got a little bit more to add as well on a caveat. But first example, if Mike had asked me for confidentiality, I'd say, unfortunately, Mike, I can't offer you any confidentiality here. My first responsibility is to the company. If I offer you privacy in this situation and you share something I'm obligated to report, I'd be required to, to, to violate my offer to you, my promise to you, my word, and I can't and I won't do that. You know, suppose you shared some knowledge about something illicit going on here. I, I'm not saying that's what you're going to say, but if you did and you wanted to keep yourself out of the mess, Mike, I'd have to report it. And I couldn't be sure that I wouldn't be expected to share how I got to the information. I'd have to, and then I'd be violating my word. So no, I can't offer you confidentiality. Bum me out, man. Bum me out. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. Okay. So the second thing I could say, Mike, I'm sorry, I don't offer any confidentiality at any time. It's a frustrating reality of relationships like ours that my first responsibility is to the company. I've shared that with you before, of course. Anything you share with me, in a way, you're sharing with, with the whole company. It often doesn't matter, right, day-to-day um, -day stuff. But when it does, I can't be bound by my word to you when I'm already bound by my word or my obligation to the company. You know, suppose you shared something about a coworker. If it were something that I had seen and would normally act upon, I couldn't rule out that I would need to take action. That puts uh, me in the situation that, that if I offered privacy to you, that would be put in doubt. Um, and I don't want to do that to our relationship, so I have to decline. I'm sorry. Okay, so how if I just come back to you and I say, well, Mark, I don't think it's anything like that. I mean, and I trust you to make the right, the right judgment. So, you know, why don't we just let me share it with you and 
Yeah, I, I would say in that situation, you have to go ahead and reassert the lack of confidentiality. I think what they're doing now is they're saying, well, I have a different scenario, which is, which is, I think, isn't this the way we started the Curitals cast? We actually said, <laughs> people come back to us and say, well, you don't understand. This is my situation. My situation is different. My, and it's one of those black and white things, right? It, regardless of whether any managers ever offered confidentiality or not, it's wrong to do so in every situation. So again, we would reassert our confidentiality, lack of confidentiality. We'd say something like, I appreciate that. And whatever you tell me, just to be clear, won't be and can't be confidentiality, confidential. Since I can't know what you're going to share, I have to assume it will be actionable just to be safe so that I protect you and me in our relationship. And you have to assume I'm going to share it with someone else just to be safe because safety is the whole point of confidentiality to begin with. And, and then now look, if they've had two statements that, that you can't guarantee them confidentiality and they go ahead and share at that point, they know they're doing so with no assurance of confidentiality. Right. What if I do it a different way, right? What if I kind of caveat a little bit and say, look, I'd like you to share with me what you want to share. I just can't offer any guarantee of confidentiality. Yeah. You know, I th this comes from a specific question I got from somebody a couple of years ago. I was really surprised. I, I didn't get the question. And when he explained it to me, I went, oh, man, I'm sorry. I'm just, I must be tired or I didn't see it. The way he described it was, that's the way I wanted to say it because my loophole is it, I can't guarantee it. Right. What you're doing is basically promising, I'll keep it private if I can. I just can't get, guarantee it, right? Yeah, which to me, I, I, I got to tell you something. You're a boss. You're talking to a subordinate. You put a little extra stress on, I can't offer you any guarantee, right? You're saying, I can come close to a guarantee, right? I, I think that's just misleading. I think that form, this formulation to hi, hi, highlighting the, well, it's not guarantee, but of course I would do my best and you know me. And there's just, it's sort of wink, wink, nudge, nudge, in my opinion. It's, it's the, it's the light side of wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Right. Well, it works out fine until you can't offer confidentiality, until they tell you something that you have to share. Then you go back to that situation we talked about earlier when now you just completely blown somebody's trust. Yeah, look, let's not forget, again, we're the manager. We have the role power to professionally compel behavior at work. Talking in this way implies we might be able to personally, but not professionally, because, of course, we cannot professionally, right, guarantee some measure of privacy, right? Be careful of how you respond, right? That's why we've given a couple of different examples. Don't try to be too clever here, folks. Don't try to put a spin on it to give a loophole. Don't answer this question with something that's legally formulaically correct, which sends a message to your direct that they can go ahead and share so you learn information. Because in our opinion, that's setting a trap and it's worse than offering confidentiality because you're essentially saying, I want you to think I am, but in fact, I'm not. And so don't be too clever. Simple is better. There are some directs out there that are aware of, uh, of these situations, but there are many that are not, and they don't understand why it is that no manager can ever ethically uh, provide that confidentiality guarantee. Right. Now, I think a lot of folks are going to be surprised that we're going to recommend that you encourage candor nonetheless, right? And there's nothing wrong with still encouraging our directs to be open with us. Matter of fact, we can still say there is no confidentiality, yet encourage our folks to be open with us. Right. Yeah. Look, we can't say we're tr we'll try to keep something private. We can't say we hope it won't be actionable, but we can say, as to your point, look, if you know, I may very well have to share it and there are no guarantees and you can still share it. Of course, I want to hear it. 
right? If it's a thorny issue, maybe some guidance from me will help. I can't offer you confidentiality, but if you feel comfortable, I'd love to hear it. Uh, or you could also say, hey, as long as you understand my obligations and the fact that I can't offer you confidentiality the way you might like, my door is open. I'll be happy to hear anything you care to share. And frankly, you're, I think many people who are listening are going to be surprised how often this, this gets a, a somewhat surprise direct who is expecting off the record time. And so are kind of like, wow, where's this guy coming from? To go ahead and share it, even though they didn't get the confidentiality they wanted. Uh, I think people want reassurance to some degree. And I believe there is something reassuring in living by the principle that my first obligation is not to you. And so I can't, uh, I can't eliminate the obligation to the company by giving you an obligation that puts it in conflict. Yeah. And then your direct trust in you is going to be simply a result of your actions and your behavior. And if there's right. something that's appropriately to be shared and you share it, well, then your direct will respect you for that. And if there's something that shouldn't be shared and you share it anyways, just because you want to engage in rumor mongering or whatever else you want to do, then, well. Yeah. And let's also be clear. If I work for Mike and I ask for confidentiality, Mike says no. And I'm very clear that he's not going to offer it. I go ahead and share. And then he feels obligated to, to, to do something about it. And I get angry and hurt by that. Let's be clear. Manager Tools recommends that you as a manager be very careful about letting the opinion your directs have of you and always being in the good graces of your directs is not an effective way to manage. The direct who complains about not getting confidentiality, sharing, and then sharing something notably uh, worth acting on. And so therefore, essentially puts the manager in a hard spot. I think folks, if they want to whine and complain, you need to give them feedback about whining and complaining. If you need to lose them, lose them. But if you are fair and honest with people and say, I can't offer that, it's up to you to share. If you want to share, that's fine. But I, I can't promise you anything uh, because because my first obligation is the company. They go ahead and do it. That person who whines and complains and and is frustrated by that, um, not behaving in an adult as an adult and a professional. And there are probably other people out there just as skilled as them that maybe have better attitudes. There you go. So a quick wrap up. Yeah, sure. We've got, uh, hopefully it's clear. Managers can never offer confidentiality to a direct. Never, ever, 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 ever. Any previous confidentiality you've ever offered is invalid. Just so you know, if you're a direct and your boss is listening now, you know, and if you shared something, there's a risk there. And what we recommend is we respond by saying, no, you can't offer confidentiality or off the record or a private time. You provide the rationale why, because you have a right, you have another obligation and give a brief, clear example so that they can bring the, the, the rationale to life and then finish off by encouraging them to be candid. Nonetheless, as long as you're clear that they understand they won't get any confidentiality. It's, it's a little bit different than most people do. And yet it's absolutely the professional way to do it because that's the manager tools way. Excellent. All right. Thanks, my friend. My pleasure, partner. All right. We'll see you. Well, that's it, everyone. Hope you enjoyed it and got something out of it. We'll see you all again next week. So long. <laughs>